2: Tate Frazier it's Tuesday morning so you know what that means cousin Sal is in the building Sal yeah. how's it going happy Tuesday morning going great good to see you. happy
0: Tuesday yeah. to you congratulations on the jacket from the uh, Morgan Freeman collection thank You're you really very much for something different
2: yeah it was a little uh you know a little hat tip to, to our guy Morgan Freeman the voice of God you yeah. know for a lot of people Bruce Almighty shout out to that movie but uh <laughs> you know let's we're gonna have to talk to God because we had to watch uh, some ugly football last night we had to yeah. watch uh, the Chargers and the Jets this game never got good at any level and uh after the game there was a lot of conversations about zach wilson let's just start with the gameplay itself the chargers i guess dominated this game but it was wasn't a very inspiring performance on monday night so
0: yeah well uh, we went to get something to eat and we missed the only play that mattered the punt return for a touchdown and uh and then what you had like fried fish and i had jambalaya no i let's not talk about that that doesn't matter uh I don't know what to think about this Chargers. I didn't think they were in a good spot here because they don't put together back-to-back solid performances, and I'm not sure that they did. Last night, um, the defense stepped up for sure, uh, but you know, It's almost like they faced Zach Wilson. I don't know who you get excited for if you're the Chargers. Fantasy-wise, if you started their defense, it was the only good move.
2: Let's table the Chargers. Yeah, we'll talk about your fantasy uh, mishap uh, there with the uh, Chargers defense. Maybe we just skip that, but let's yeah. start with another mishap, which is Zach Wilson playing quarterback for the New York Jets. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a Week 4 moment, a promising moment. They had their highs right. They beat the Bills with Aaron Rodgers in Week 1. Then they beat the Eagles. Um, But after the game, Robert Sala, you know, talking about his quarterback, he said, quote, I don't know if you can say it's a step back. This is just kind of what we expect uh, when you he talk said about, that. Yeah, yeah I, I what mean, a jerk. Yeah, what what do we what do we think <laughs> about that? I mean, he basically said we expect to have not good quarterback play.
0: Listen, they should expect to do well against the thirty first ranked pass defense, and that's mm. what the Charges do have, right? So this is where everybody gets well against this right. pass defense. Zach Wilson, okay, you got tripped up against the Giants. Aiden O'Connell went out and did fairly well against the Giants. Why are we going to keep making excuses? The one thing I'll say is a lot of pressure, but Sacks he shouldn't have taken. He took like. Six and a half from Bosa Mac and Tuli Tua Polona. So I you know that's a lot. Um, I think he could have escaped like three of those, so didn't help his team out.
2: Much. Is there any hope? uh, You know, because Aaron Rodgers, as, if you've been keeping up with the Jets, right? He comes out before the games. He's mm. got a you know shoe on, a boot on, whatever you want to call it. He throws the ball around, he gets fans excited. And then there was a, a video that came out after the game. He was talking to Derwin James of the Chargers, and he, you know, the the lip readers out there, they said he said to Derwin James, "quote Give me a few weeks." Now, do we think that there's <laughs> <laughs> this man is trying to defy? science he's trying yeah. to defy every medical brain in the country in the I world is there a world in which aaron Rodgers comes back and actually does help this jets team i
0: guess so i don't know if he's throwing <laughs> movement I, I feel like he can move around as well as zach wilson the pocket right now i don't think he needs a few weeks unless it's another darkness retreat that we don't know about i'm yeah. not sure what he needs but uh I don't know that in a few weeks it's going to matter. Like you said, they beat the Bills and the Eagles, which is that an anomaly, or is this and what we saw against the Giants the real team? It's just a bizarre squad. I can't get my mitts on them at all.
2: And when you look at the sideline, when they show their head coach, I mean, he looks just as dismayed and uh, despondent as the rest of us, right? I mean, it doesn't inspire much hope. But he said
0: that's what they expected. (laughs) He shouldn't look like that at all. I think he
2: wants the offense to be a little bit better. In case you missed it, Zach Wilson was sacked eight times in this game, which is... Is, uh, a ridiculous number to say the least. Let's talk about that defense, the Chargers' defense, because they did look really good in this game. Mm-hmm. They got some pressure. Uh, Derwin James looked good in this one. Had a nice fumble recovery right on the sideline, and uh, also had a nice uh, fumble recovery on a Khalil Mack sack later in the game. But uh, do we believe in this Chargers' defense? They look better, at, you know, but it was against Zach Wilson.
0: I don't know. And then last week, what was it? The Bears they beat. Mm-hmm. was that The other, yeah, game right. So game? two so bad teams. It's tough because I don't know what their identity is. Like you said, they have the those three uh, solid pass rushers. Um, Did I say that right? Pass right? Yeah, I'm I'm getting better at that. (laughs) But again, I feel like you could throw on them. I think any capable quarterback, again, they're four and four. They have the Lions, the Ravens, the Bills, and the Chiefs on their schedule. They're not going to be favored in any of those games, I don't believe, so... I think they're going to struggle to get to. They're probably a little less than even odds to make the playoffs. I think they're going to struggle to get that seven seed.
2: And now they have less than a week to prepare for a team in Detroit that has looked, you know, really good this year outside of that one Ravens blip. So that's going to be a tough matchup for the Chargers. Do we feel good about Staley? Because there was a time. I mean, obviously McDaniel's did get fired, but Mm. we had the conversations about Brandon Staley. Felt like he was on the chopping block. Do you think he helped himself by getting this team back to five hundred? I feel
0: great about that guy. (laughs) I never had a doubt. He seemed like a nice guy, right? I mean. it helps when you don't have to make bizarre de- bizarre decisions, right? You don't have to go on fourth and 3 or fourth mm-hmm. and 4 when your defense isn't going to give up a touchdown and not even really close until the, the very end. I mean, I think the Jets struggled to get 200 yards total until that last drive, which right. was a garbage, Some garbage time, time drive. Yeah. Yep. So, I don't know. I don't want to give everyone anyone a break uh, just yet.
2: Let's play a fun game. Uh, oh. This is my favorite game. We do it all the time. We all do right. Over under reactions. I give you a general statement. You say mm-hmm. to me, "That's an overreaction. That's an underreaction." Okay. You yell about it. We go crazy, and uh, you know, and we try to figure out what's actually happening in the NFL. Let's start with your team, the Dallas right. Cowboys. The Cowboys are not a top five team in the NFC South. <laughs> is that an overreaction or an underreaction? <laughs> if, I I this, wrote, yeah. if I reach across, I don't know who reach across and this? slap you. Is that yeah. an overreaction or I an I think it would be a proper reaction. Come on,
0: Tate. <laughs> Who's at five? Detroit, Philly, mm-hmm. San Francisco, Seattle. We're we're not next. Who no, you?
2: I, I who's think your next? think' Panthers, the Falcons. I think it's a. Uh, I think the reaction is wrong. I think the Cowboys Thank are you. a top five team. Well, in you,
0: the you made you made the question. No, I, um, no,
2: no, Morgan Freeman, the voice of God. Oh, that's did. right. Yeah. All right, I blame
0: God. Uh, yeah, listen, they lost again in hysterical fashion. I don't know that we mm. learned anything new from this team. We know they can lose <laughs> in, in stupid ways at the end, but they did play with the Eagles. Not too many teams can play with them. Just the Cowboys and. The commanders and the jets. <laughs> Dude, this year is so screwed
2: up. It's what is a, going on? it doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah. Dak Prescott looked pretty good, really and, good. until that final drive. Absolutely. So, uh, for all the people going at Dak, don't go at Dak, don't blame Dak. Next yeah, up, Sal, <laughs> poor Dak. Uh, the Ravens will be the scariest team in the playoffs overreaction or underreaction. Again, Lamar Jackson, nine fumbles so far this season. Um, which is worrisome to say the least.
0: Yeah, that's weird because they look great. They really do. Mm-hmm. They kick the crap out of some good NFC teams. Better than the Cowboys in your eyes, but no, Detroit <laughs> and Seattle went in there and got demolished. It was really what even a game? Get, no, it was like ninety-five to uh, nine or something. And here's what's crazy about them. They have a rookie emerging, Keaton Mitchell, at 138 yards on Sunday. Like, you shouldn't have rookies emerging this late in the season. And the Ravens do. And they're playing some physical ball. And they have a capable head coach and quarterback. I do think they're the scariest team in January.
2: I think that they, uh, if they can keep it together, they are the best first quarter team I've ever watched in my entire life. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but if you watch a Ravens game, at the end of the first first quarter, it feels like it's yeah. 10-0, 14-0, sometimes even 21-0, game over. So, we
0: haven't even gotten to the Justin Tucker gravy days yet, right? right? Where he's going to kick like four field goals a game and exactly. Just stifle everybody.
2: Yeah, and you got uh, a great closer there. And I think Lamar, that new contract, everything is working well for Baltimore. Uh-huh. So shout out to the Ravens. Next one, Sal. Raiders fans should be excited about their new coach, Coach Pierce. Mm. Overreaction or underreaction?
0: Um, I don't ever want to tell Raiders fans to be <laughs> excited because I don't think it's something law enforcement can keep up with. But uh yeah, I think, listen, Josh McDaniels was a disaster, and this was evident by the player smoking cigars afterwards it was like a relief that he was gone right. even it was I, like the I,
2: wicked witch is dead right i mean i've yeah, never seen people <laughs> dance on someone's it's grave very
0: like weird that. but i there's one thing to be in support of the new coach antonio pierce but i think this was a solid few to uh josh mcdaniels right. we never want to see that guy again now i'm not sure it's enough there's still the raiders it's still probably aiden o'connell who's gonna have to beat the Dolphins, the chiefs twice and the chargers. So this might be short-lived enthusiasm. Yeah.
2: Quick tangent just on the Raiders. Who do you think, like if you closed your eyes, like who is actually a good fit to be the head coach of the Raiders? Is it coach Pierce? Like, is it Jim Harbaugh? Like who, Mm. who is the answer for Las Vegas right now? I'm
0: closing my eyes. Uh, uh, Who do you see? Uh, I'm, Mike seeing, I'm seeing urban Meyer, but uh, you're not, you're not going to like what I see. Yeah.
2: Okay. Oh yeah. no, yeah. that's not good. Yeah. We don't like that one. Uh, but again, I think uh, right now, I think Mark Davis has $55 million. Uh, outstanding to coaches. So, really uh, nuts. yeah, so spiteful. Let's but, throw you know, someone else in there. and He see keeps hitting those
0: Vegas airport slot machines and eventually it'll pay itself
2: off. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Great haircut. I, lo- I love to see Mark Davis out there and he does win championships in the WNBA. That's People right. forget about this. He, is a champion. Let's keep it rolling. The Falcons shall let Arthur Smith's kid call red zone plays. If you didn't see it, Arthur Smith, head coach of the Falcons, his son for Halloween, dressed up as the coach of the Falcons, and his one play call was give the ball to Bajan Robinson, and if you haven't <laughs> been watching uh, the Falcons in the red zone, they do not like to give the ball to what some think could be a potential rookie of the year in Bijan Robinson. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think that this is a good move for the Atlanta Falcons? It's
0: good for me because I took Stroud to an offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> not that he needs any help, but Bijan Robinson was in the lead for yeah. a while there, and now look the getting part, him, right? Cares. Look, I think the only thing dumber than taking a running back in the first round is taking a running back in the first round and then never using him. Mm-hmm. What the hell is going on there? Yes, keep the kid in there. I think yeah, the an reaction,
2: and I uh, I appreciate that Arthur Smith put that video out, knowing that all the responses going. Be listen to your kid yeah please give the ball to Bijan robinson <laughs> um there's a lot of stats out there about Bijan not getting the ball in the red zone we're not sure what's going on there but uh you know maybe eventually arthur smith will listen they to did
0: draft son. him right yeah he, he didn't force his way on <laughs> well, the team
2: they they like drafting guys and not giving them the football i don't know what Very it is weird. it's it's a way to hoard players from other teams i guess we'll kyle see. kyle pitt's like <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah he's no. like i'm wide open can they throw me the ball well we'll see if heineke can next up sal we can already say my Carolina Panthers made the wrong pick with the number one pick mm. overreaction or underreaction.
0: I think it's an underreaction. First of all, we could say whatever. Oh, we could already say whatever we want. Mm-hmm. It's the United States That's of true. America. I feel bad for Bryce Young, but his timing seems way off. Two pick sixes, three interceptions overall. Stroud looks poised. He looks like he's a like a third-year vet. I feel like he has the confidence of like a Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, sorry, Tate. I think, um, you know. You think you got the pick wrong. By the way, what's your comp? Who's your Bryce Young comp?
2: I should have known. Uh, <laughs> as soon as this draft was coming up, I, I was I had just come back to the Ringer. They had yeah. the beautiful Ringer NFL draft guide. And, uh, you know, the number one pick. They have the comp there. And I'm looking. Uh, I'm like, Bryce Young to the Panthers. Loved him in college. Just a gamer. Even when he didn't have great receivers around him, he got Alabama to the finish line. Right. Um, and then I look at the comps, and it says Steph Curry. And uh, I was like, what? The, what? <laughs> what? Wait, what? What is happening? And, uh, you know, C.J. Stroud, a lot of people liked him in the Panthers building. Right. Right. And now they can all say, see, we told you so. So um, I'm not done yet. I think
0: he's a better quarterback than Steph Curry. I really do. Honestly, I'll give you that. Well, I, Steph, I think that's unfair.
2: Steph Curry is a great Panthers fan, okay. and uh, I'm sure he's upset about that comp, but that's a conversation for another day. Right. Last one, Sal. Texans minus two and a half. Speaking of C.J. Stroud, mm-hmm. is the toughest gambling loss of the 2023 season, overreaction or underreaction? Mm.
0: All right, I'm going to say – I have a weird theory about this with the gambling losses. I think if you're winning a game for 58 minutes and then lose in the in the last second, that's a bad gambling mm-hmm. loss. This the circumstances were bizarre because they didn't even attempt the two pointer at the end. Which had they made it, they would have covered. But let's face it, the Texans backers Raheem Palmer. I know <laughs> my co-host on uh, on Ringer Wise guys. A sharp, you, you got lucky. Guy. You got luck when you bet the Texans. <laughs> you didn't think Stroud would go out there and throw for 470 yards. And get a last-second touchdown pass, so I I'm going to say that's an overreaction. I don't think it's the worst.
2: Speaking of overreactions, underreactions, are we worried about Bill Simmons? He said at the start of the season that mm. C.J. Stroud cannot be a good quarterback because his name was C.J. Yeah, um, he did not like the, the the A.J.s, the C.J.s, the D.J.s, whoever right. it is. Do we think that's going to hold up, or is he going to be worried about he that? He doesn't take?
0: like the initials. He really, he's you know, <laughs> he's if, anti-initials. If it's nine zero two one zero or something like that, he's all initials. But uh, as far as taking snaps, mm-hmm. no way. <laughs>
2: Yeah, man, pouring out uh, for that opinion and that take. But uh, look, <laughs> live another day, season two, right? It could just be a rookie fluke. We'll see what happens. That's the over and under reactions there. Now let's get that to was the... a fun game. That I, was I, fun. I'd make
0: fun of you, but re- that really was some. good I stuff. had
2: a lot of fun. Now let's get on the riverboat and let's okay. call up the captain because we're gonna do a little bit of prop culture. The question this week, Sal, is a simple one. We were just in Frankfurt. We're gonna be in Frankfurt again this weekend. If Germany gets an NFL franchise. Who should be the owner is the question from the riverboat captain this week. The favorite is David Hasselhoff, 3-1, to one. Heidi Klum, who just had a great Halloween, at 5-1, to one. Michael Fassbender at 10-1, to one. Oppenheimer, who had a big summer back in theaters, trying Ooh. to break, uh, I think it was billion dollars in theaters mm-hmm. at 25-1, to one. and the field is even odds. Who are you going to take, Cousin Seth?
0: So if it's Oppenheimer, it's the movie that is the I, owner, I, I or, or the guy that's I think that's it's Chris for...
2: Nolan and the IP, whoever owns the Oppenheimer IP, I, I don't know, okay. whoever wrote that I book, I guess. Dead.
0: I'm going to have to go watch that movie again, it wasn't long enough. Uh, all right, I'm I'm going to go off the board. I'm going to take the field. And I'm going to go Christoph Waltz. Okay. Yeah, I He's like a that. lot of fun because I think nothing would be better if he was the owner and he went in there and gave a halftime speech in glorious bastard style mm-hmm. to a bunch of 23-year-olds who just graduated Florida A&M like last year. Yeah. And they'd be like, what the hell? What is What just up? happened? Yes, the whiplash exactly.
2: of Christoph Waltz in character as yeah. Hans Landa from, uh, you know, Inglourious Bastards. I think that's that would right. be a great moment. That's a good pick. I'm going to go with Heidi Klum. She made her husband dress up as an egg for Halloween. Ooh. I just feel like, uh, you know, the the fact that she's willing to do that to someone so close to her, um, she's like, you're going to be an egg and you're going to like it. Uh, yeah. I feel like she could run a football team. That, that's, a, that's a badass approach from Heidi Klum. I would so I dress like up
0: as an egg for a poached ovary, whatever the hell you want. Yeah, Heidi. whatever. Yes.
2: Whatever you need, Heidi Klum, we can do it on this show. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to do some line look-aheads, and we're going to talk some uh, Track to the Future. Oh, that's your favorite game. Yeah, it's my second favorite Welcome back to Through the Ringer. I'm still here with Cousin Sal. Now, we talked about what happened this past weekend. Now, we're going to talk about what's going to happen in the future, and we're going to play... No, we're not going to play a game. We're just going to do some fun. Oh, we're going to have no, some lines. Look at like I got that, you excited. Hey, yeah, I'll yeah. We're I'll just. <laughs> leave. You know, I'll
0: get up and leave. Come
2: on. I know that you like playing games, but all we're right. going to just do some lines this time. Okay. We're going to talk about the games. And the first one we have, Thursday Night Football. Apologies to Al Michaels. I know this is going to be a tough one to <laughs> just cover. Just to Al?
0: Why not? Why stop to America, at the... yes, right? Exactly. To, to the
2: public at large, uh, to all our line. international fans out there. But we got the Carolina Panthers taking on the Chicago Bears. Bears minus three and a half in this game. What are your thoughts, Al?
0: This one moved up at Opened the three. I thought it was fair at three. I you know, I don't think the Bears should lay more than three points to anyone, and this is an example of that, but it did go up to three and a half. I would be completely surprised if Justin Fields did not play this game. Mm. I think the league made a deal with the bears. This is a super bowl <laughs> duffel as in a duffel bag full of money. So mm-hmm. make sure we have some marketable player on that field. <laughs> Somebody has to I, play in this game, yes, right? We can't have Al Michaels dozing off. So I think that's why it maybe went up to three and a half. So I, I don't know. Take your Panthers. I'm not sure what they're going to do. What what do you think they end up? What do you think Fanduel has their over under win as?
2: I don't know. I would say probably two, two and a half. That's what I thought. It's four and a half. No way.
0: Yes, let's make some money. Okay, let's
2: take the under. Under for sure. Yeah, under locked in. I feel like this was a tough weekend for the Bryce Young contingent, myself included. We've been fighting an uphill battle from the start. C.J. Stroud had an amazing effort, Um, and it obviously people forget this. You know, with the D.J. Moore trade, the Panthers don't even have their pick. The Bears have their pick, so this is a really just kind of rub salt in the wound type game. So I hope Bryce Young can show up. Two pick sixes this past weekend yeah. and another you know interception to add insult to injury. So, uh, and a guy good named picks.
0: Moore had the two interceptions for the <laughs> touchdowns, right? DJ Moore was, gone, and yeah, now right. this guy's running. Just oh, in his head. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. It's too much. It's yeah. too much, and uh, we need less and not more. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with the Carolina Panthers. Let's track to the future right here because we're talking about two bad football teams, and uh, what bad football teams want is picks, and a lot of people want the first overall draft pick. Right now, Caleb Williams is still the favorite at minus 270. Or you could take the field at plus 180. How are we feeling about Caleb Williams? Obviously, this weekend was a tough loss to Washington.
0: Yeah, it's and there's going to be more losses. They're just not very good defensively. Mm-hmm. They're going to get creamed, I think, by Oregon and then maybe another one down the road. But uh, yeah, it's weird. To, there's no talk of like a ta- tackle from Emporia State being drafted. Mm-hmm. It's all Caleb Williams or your guy, May, for UNC. I think it stays with Williams I wouldn't lay the minus 270 but you know his, his numbers haven't moved he had a game where he had 199 yards and three interceptions against Notre Dame and it's still like no he's the first pick and you know why because there's enough comparisons to Patrick Mahomes and mm-hmm. if you watch him he does look like him he does move like him he's nifty like him and nobody wants to pass on the next Patrick Mahomes if he doesn't turn out that way and he probably won't So be it. But you can't have egg on your face.
2: Well, you know a team that did pass on Patrick Mahomes with the Chicago Bears. And they took Mitchell Trubisky from UNC. So there is a little bit of a a weird, you know, know, connection between the two drafts. Yeah, I like it. Uh, But it will be tough to go against Caleb Williams. A lot of people are very excited about him at the next level. And uh, the Carolina Panthers will not be seeing him under center. It'll be another team. So there you have (laughs) it. Uh, Let's go to the next game. We had the Indianapolis Colts taking on the New England Patriots. Patriots plus one and a half in this one. And the game is in Frankfurt, Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a rivalry, right? This is Deflategate. I guess so. Um, There's there's a lot of back and forth between these two franchises. And uh, I don't know about you, but I feel like the Patriots are going to feel right at home in Germany.
0: Oh, I think so. In Mm -hmm. fact, Bill Belichick might make it his home. He might be like, screw (laughs) this. I'm losing to Gardner Minshew now and Shane Steichen. NFL
2: Europe, here he comes. Yeah, yeah. I'm a a
0: militant look to me. I'm going to stay in (laughs) Germany. So do we have to wake up for this one? I think You did point out that it's a rivalry, so maybe we do. I think we're
2: five years past it mattering, right? But, uh, you know, Andrew Luck, Tom Brady, there was a time. It was fun. Yeah, Yeah,
0: no way they're going (laughs) to sign those two. Yeah, I think the the line is fair. I picked it at Colts one and a half. You just can't make the Patriots favorite at, at any point against a team that can win every week or every other week. Yeah, the
2: Colts look like they're bouncing back a little bit. They got a little bit of juice. Gardner Minshew, obviously a good game against the Carolina Panthers and the two pick sixes. That always helps. Let's track to the future here. New England, we're, we're looking at the season win total. Um, the line is at five and a half. You can take the over at plus 110. You can take the under at minus 134. Are we going to hammer the under You're here? You're
0: rubbing now? this in because I took the over five oh, and a no, half I'm two sorry. weeks ago. I was My like, goodness. oh, Simmons, it's fine. Let's guess the lines he got in your head. You're right. No, he, he <laughs> Urged me not to do it, but okay, I was like, good. you know what? What is he gonna <laughs> go? 5 and 12, the old man? No way, he's got this record to break, but. Now it's still five and a half, even after that loss to Washington, which they were supposed to win. They were favoring that game. I still think they go over Colts, Giants, Broncos, Jets are their best hope. Uh, They're probably going to have to win all of them. Why did I make this bet? It would have been so much fun just rooting against them.
2: The thing about Bill Belichick, too, all of his teams, at least when Brady was there, it felt like, even when Matt Castle was playing or, or Brian Hoyer, it felt like they didn't make big mistakes. And now you got drops every week. you got bad penalties. Like, When is there a point where we say, hey, Bill Belichick, let's lock it up? You know what I mean? Let's get it together. Let's get organized.
0: There are some uh, clips of their receivers running routes because I know Mac Jones gets a lot of crap for it. But the receivers are running routes like you would like if you were on ice. You're just (laughs) never, they're not never even digging their feet in.
2: They're not having fun out there, and the New England Patriots fans are not happy about it, but that's a conversation for another day. Let's keep it pushing. we got the San Francisco 49ers at Jacksonville. The Jaguars plus three in this game. Jaguars have been playing good football at this point, and the San Francisco 49ers are a team that we all liked a couple weeks ago, but now there's some hesitation about this team.
0: Yeah, and so I wonder if this bye week helped, uh, which team it helped. Like The Jaguars had a lot of momentum, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, we're to be reckoned with. Trevor Lawrence is getting a little mouthy, you know, and then the (laughs) 49ers needed that week to rest up a little bit. I, this might be one of the biggest games in Jaguars history. Honestly, right. home against the Forty Nine ers. I know they've had playoff games, and those count. Obviously, uh, bigger. But uh, this this is going to show you what they're made of, and if they're if they beat like one of the top two teams in the NFC, yeah, look out. Sky's the limit. I had
2: Jaguars fans get mad at me because a couple of weeks ago, I said they're actually a contender in the AFC. And they the got J- mad? Well, the Jags fans are like, we've been a contender. Did you not watch the playoffs uh, last year? And mm-hmm. I said, I did watch the playoffs. The Chiefs went to the Super Bowl and they won it. I, I watched it. It happened. Uh, but let's track to the future. Let's talk about the AFC one seed because the Chiefs are still the favorite, favorites at plus 110. We got the Ravens at plus 330. But you got the Jaguars. You got some value there at plus 700. Maybe these fans are right, Sal. Should I bet on the Jags to be the AFC number one seed? You know,
0: at 7-1, to one, I I went over this with Mikey Meatballs in the car right over here. I, I throw that out there because I know everyone's very interested in my process. So, yeah, well, shout out to yes, Mikey Meatballs. Of course, of course. winner <laughs> on uh, Ringer Wise Guys. Gave right. out A winner uh, the other, yesterday, uh, Sunday. But anyway, uh, yes, I think 7-1 is a good bet because I was looking at it. These teams all have really tough schedules now. Remember, Tennessee went through this garbage division and claimed the one seed because they beat up on everyone. Obviously, it's a little better now. You have Stroud. You have Minshew who can win games, right? So, uh, you know, Will Levis is fun to watch, but Other than that, they really do have the easiest stretch there. They really have the Titans, they have the Texans, they have the Bucks and the Panthers. You're not going to find an easier four on any of the Chiefs or Ravens schedule, so I think 7-1 is worth taking a shot at.
2: Yeah, shout out to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's a guy that I think he's kind of, you know, becoming the quarterback that a lot of people thought he would be when he was the number one pick coming out of Glimpson. Yeah. so uh, they're a scary team, and the Jags, uh, they have a good defense, they have a good offensive line, I think they have a good head coach who's been in those big moments before, obviously won a Super Bowl, so uh, good things happening in Jacksonville. Next game we've got the New Orleans Saints going to Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota to take on the new look Vikings, Vikings plus two and a half in this game. Do you like the pastor Josh Dobbs in this one. Yeah, I
0: do like that. I like that name. I like it. uh, Plus two and a half. I don't like the Saints giving points to anyone. They're miserable. (laughs) Watch like they couldn't even cover uh, on Sunday. I don't know uh, what that against against the Bears. Right. Is that what it was? Yeah, I can't remember the point. Dobbs, it's so ugly that it's forgettable. Yeah, right. You just want exactly. to dump it, you know. There's some
2: things we watch so many games, yeah. so you got to dump some out. It
0: was a fourth string quarterback, my <laughs> Okay, yeah. Uh, Dobbs is good. I would say keep everything status quo. Don't learn the players on the team's names. Mm-hmm. Avoid them, like you did last week, right? And uh, just do your thing and run out there. And I think uh, I think he's good enough to make a difference for this team. I'm taking him plus two and a half.
2: In Minnesota is uh, they're starting to buy into their own hype. Let's track to the future here because the Vikings to make the playoffs. Yes, is minus one. 22, mm. no is minus 150. Um, not not great odds there, but what are your thoughts on the Vikings they and their great, potential to make the playoffs? Great Last week when right. I told
0: you plus 225, to right, get a seven so. seed. I think they could sign Colt McCoy, I thought. I didn't even throw Dobbs' name out there, but he made the difference. Now, they had played that game with uh, Jaron Hall. I don't think they win on Sunday, but Dobbs is making a difference, and to claim that seven seed, You're only going to have to beat a team like the Saints. You're only going to have to beat a team like Tampa Bay, and he's got numbers that are comparable to those quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, I like uh, the Vikings to make a push here. I think they're a team. They they seem connected, and Josh Jobs feel like he feels like he's been embraced by everyone. Did you see the video? Kirk Cousins was at home. You know, he had his uh, just had surgery on his Achilles, but he was throwing passes to his son. I thought that was a great moment. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, shout out to Kirk Cousins. Uh, Good guy. Yeah, it turns out a lot of people (laughs) used to talk bad about him. Uh, Then he makes a Netflix series, and everyone loves him. That's how it goes in this business that's what we're gonna have to do we should get a netflix yeah yeah, okay yeah yeah we'll just do a commentator and Mm -hmm. that'll be the name of it and then we'll (laughs) just throw in different people it'd be great uh next up we got the cleveland browns afc north showdown here the browns taking on the baltimore ravens ravens minus six in this game lamar jackson has had nine fumbles this season but it doesn't matter. The Ravens still find a way to win football games and they've won them uh, by in commanding fashion at times. Who do you like in this one? Browns Ravens.
0: I stare at their box scores for a, a stupid amount of time because <laughs> they're like, it doesn't make sense that they're blowing out. It's like out calculus, the Lions. right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense <laughs> that they're blowing out Seattle. These are good teams, you know. Mm-hmm. I think this number is right around six. I don't know that I'm gonna take the Ravens here. But don't look for another eight-sack game from Cleveland. This is not Clayton Tune. This is Lamar Jackson running around. And you're right. Uh, maybe trouble if he starts uh, coughing the ball up. Uh, I love all these AFC North games are going to be good from uh, from here up.
2: Best of, the best division in football, do you yeah, think? Right yeah, now, I think so. Yeah, I think it's a lock. Let's track to the future. Let's look at the AFC North winner. Right now, the favorite is Baltimore at minus one forty-five. You got Cincinnati at plus three twenty, and you got the Cleveland Browns at plus five hundred. We have to admit, Deshaun Watson two touchdowns looked like he was more in <laughs> command of that offense, uh, and the defense pitches a shutout. So mm-hmm. Cleveland looks a little bit more uh, formidable than we thought. But the Ravens, do you think they can handle business? I think and Deshaun win
0: looked at that schedule and was like, uh, I'm. Gonna <laughs> come back against the Cardinals. That's <laughs> yeah. it. You know what? Maybe by Thursday, the next week against the Ravens, I won't be feeling so Yeah, good.
2: I'll go against the quarterback that's going to throw for 58 yards. Yeah, yeah that'll be a good exactly.
1: game. Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, listen, here's the thing. Everybody keeps winning in this division. All four teams won. So that's why a team like the Bengals can't gain ground numbers-wise. They're still plus 320. I think the Bengals are really, really tough. But like I said last week, I like the bet for them to go further in the playoffs versus, you know, they're a game and a half behind the Ravens already. I still like the Ravens at minus 145. They seem like the scariest team.
2: Yeah, everybody, when they talk about the AFC, obviously they talk about Pat Mahomes, and then they talk about Josh Allen, but Joe Burrow is 5-1 against those two quarterbacks. Yeah. Is there a certain level where you know Joe Burrow may not pass the measurables test and all this sort of stuff, but he has whatever that it, it factor is, right? I mean, they call him Joe cool. Mm-hmm. He was having fun in this game, pointing for first downs against Josh Allen. What are your thoughts on Joe Burrow and just his confidence I in general? I think he's
0: super cool. I think if we put these numbers in front of him, like, Joe, what do you think? Plus three. 20 is like, screw you. I'm going to go out and I'm going to try. I'm going to win most of these games going forward. And I'm going to be there in late January. And I think he's
2: a sandbag in SOB because uh, he starts the season slow. Everybody gets off the scent, and then he comes reckless abandonment for the rest of the season. So, Joe Cool, I'm on to you. I see what you're doing, and I do respect it. Yeah, cut it out. Uh, (laughs) Last game we have for Sal. We got the Denver Broncos, the the most confounding team in football. I can't even handicap this team. They're going to go to (laughs) Buffalo to play the Bills. Bills minus seven and a half in this one. Who do you like? Another confounding team.
0: Uh, I'm not sold. (laughs) All right, Denver is not the team that gave up. 60 or 70. Well, they are the team that gave up 70. Right. There's no doubt about it. There's box scores that indicate that, but it did happen. now they're coming back. They played well against the Chiefs twice. I think maybe people are signing off on the Broncos being good and the Bills being bad just a little too soon. I like the Bills is one of my better bets. Uh, of the week, minus 7.5.
2: Yeah, I like the Bills in this one as well. But, yeah, I said confounding for the Broncos, not even realizing. We we're going to talk about Buffalo. Do you still believe in yeah. the idea that this is a Super Bowl contending and potential winning team, or, or are we kind of going back a degree here?
0: I think we're going back a degree. I, I do think their secondary will get healthy eventually. They're running around. They're, they're handed back there, and it, it shows, and it's going to show against Joe Burrow. I don't think it will show against uh, Russell Wilson.
2: Type and one team. last track to the future, Bills to make the playoffs. Yes, is minus minus 1. 22 no is plus 100 is it worth taking no plus 100
0: i'm going yes like like i said a guy (laughs) like burrow's gonna have his way with the bills they like to play zone defense and then when he's like carving them apart they play man to man and they can't catch up there. This is different with the Broncos. They have the Broncos, the Jets, and the Patriots. They have five wins, so that would be eight. I think they would need one more. I think nine and eight makes it. I can't believe that number is so low now. Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, the Buffalo Bills, um, they are making all of us uh, look a little ridiculous as we try to figure out who they are as a team. They have a lot of talent. Uh, Diggs, Allen, you know, the list goes on. Dalvin Cook looks great so far, but they just haven't been able to piece together winning football, and they've had some really big blunders. So they're, they're a team that we're going to be talking about. We're going to have Van Lathan join us here, Sal. Third Um, and I'm going to talk to him about Coach Prime. Sal, you can go watch his show, Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend, and the Ringer Wise guys, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Really great. (laughs) Welcome back to The Ringer. Joining us now, you know him from The Ringerverse. He's been on the show a couple of times. Van Lathan. Van, great to see you, man.
1: Tate, it's great to be back.
2: (laughs) I like that you're fired up. I also wanted to give you, before we get into, we got a lot of topics to talk about, but I want to give you a little bit of a congratulations, The Ringerverse Live Show. Um, From the videos that I saw, the pics I saw... It was a beautiful event, and uh, it looked like you guys had a great time. So just wanted to shout-out the Ringerverse.
1: Shout-out to the Ringerverse. We had a fantastic time. Shout-out to Button Mash, House of R. Mm-hmm. Shout-out to the Midnight Boys, Pew Pew, uh, <laughs> the, the Men Edition. All the shows, we came together, and we had a nerd and good time. That's what we do as nerds.
2: It was awesome. And I saw you today. You had a lightsaber. I mean, these are good moments in your life right now. Things are going well. You know what I mean? So this is, this is what we want to see here in the Ringer universe. I
1: got the lightsaber.
2: Mm-hmm. It's green cool, one real is, deal. green it's one
1: it's not it's not just green they'll change colors right <laughs> okay i can go from sith to luke Ooh. I can go back to Mace Windu. I, I, mm. A lot of different Jedi's I can be because you never know which Jedi you want to be, right? Yeah. Or if you want to be evil, if you want to be a Sith.
2: Yeah, the purple is strong. I mean, Purple's Mace Windu. I, I like that Samuel L. Jackson came in and was like, "I need purple. I'm See, not going to do is, green or blue."
1: I don't want to go with purple because it's too on the nose for people, right? You know, if people look at me, well, it's almost
2: like, yeah, you're mad. Like people are like you've been typecast. Like yeah, you should. Like, I don't want to yeah.
1: do. It's like going to Comic Con when you're a black guy as Blade. Mm-hmm. It's like mix it up, brother. <laughs> You know, they expect you to be Blade. They expect you to be Nick Fury. Yeah, they, bust, they bust want they you to be Blade. Right. Yeah, bust their head. You know what I mean? Do something different. Come in yeah. as Iron Man, mm. like Trayvon Stark. Yeah. Like, change it up. Like, make them go – do get, get, get wild with
2: it. Yeah, I like I that. I like uh, that, that outlook. And I feel like a guy who kind of took that same, you know, approach to college football as a guy, Coach Prime. Coach Prime came in and he said, I am going to be this character, Coach Prime. I am going to – Lay down the law. I'm going to basically be Bobby Bowden, but I'm going to be in Colorado. Is that is that a
1: transition we can make? Tate, first of all, speaking of transitions, you guys, that wasn't rehearsed. Tate <laughs> just seamlessly went <laughs> from Star Wars into Coach Prime. <laughs> I just want everybody to understand that you, hey, you're dealing with a pro here.
2: No, we're making a journey. You yeah, know what I mean? T- we like characters here.
1: So this is my thing about Coach Prime. Let's talk about it. Love Coach Prime. Mm-hmm. Love Coach Prime. He's had high highs, had some low lows. Right. Right. What I'm wondering about people is whether or not they're actually in love with Coach Prime or the idea of Coach Prime.
2: Mm -hmm. And This this is what
1: I mean. When you watch a college football season, I don't know how many people watch a lot of college football, but this is my favorite sport. When you watch a college football season, there are ways to identify what a success is, right? Of course, there are wins and losses. Everybody Mm -hmm. wants to – that's the bottom line, right? Everybody wants to look at wins and losses. But there's also – how the team is functioning week to week, practice to practice, how the program and organization is functioning week to week, practice to practice. Mm -hmm. And there is, there's some criticism that could be lovely. I mean, let's just be honest with you. Colorado's regressing. Colorado's regressing from what they're doing on the field. Obviously they're playing a tougher slate. Now they're in conference. They're regressing from what they're doing from the coach's box. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, like uncertainty there with his demotion of Sean Lewis, Pat Schirmer coming in, him handing over play calling duties. Like they don't seem to really know what they want to do right now. And I think it's because coach prime is still learning on the job of how to be a, a, a college football coach at the power five level. And I would just say, if people like the idea of somebody that's going to come in ruffle feathers change the dynamic in college football, that's one thing. Actually doing it mm-hmm. has to be foundational. You have to build. You have to instill confidence. And it in doesn't happen people.
2: overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. It can't happen overnight. can't
1: happen overnight. Right. But – People just need to understand what it is they want from Colorado.
2: Yeah, and right now, you know, we have a situation. You talk about your love for college football. We're going to talk about Nick Saban, talk about LSU. That was a tough game this past weekend. You're disgusted just Um, just thinking about it. But that is a great rivalry, and you talk about those two coaches who have been there. They have the continuity. Of course, Brian Kelly at LSU, Nick Saban at Alabama. Just your thoughts watching those two guys go back and forth. And then, obviously, LSU, even though they've lost three games, they have a potential Heisman contender at the quarterback position, which is insane.
1: Yeah. A couple of things. Number one, uh, being an LSU fan and watching our defense go out there and (laughs) not be able – it's the worst defense I've seen at LSU. Right. It is soul-destroying to watch the Tigers get messed over like that.
2: A team that perennially has had great safeties, great d line, Great everything. Great everything. Great everything.
1: (laughs) We are a defensive school with so (laughs) much pride. And Jalen Milrow, like, Jalen Milrow looked like Joe Exotic out there. Like, he was the Tiger King. Untouched
2: for 23-yard un- touchdowns. We'll yeah.
1: even, we're even. we bad in the gaps. We're bad <laughs> at the point of attack. We're bad physically. If he's not juking, if somebody's not out of place, they're getting run over. Mm-hmm. If somebody's not getting run over, then they're out-schemed to the, to the wide side. When we talk about what we expect from coaches, man, forget about Coach Prime. Coach Kelly has been there. LSU this is only his second year, but that's an experienced coach. And I'll tell you something right now. If him and Matt House and the rest of the people down there in Baton Rouge don't understand what the defensive standard at LSU is, that seat is going to get hot super quick to to waste the type of offense we have right now with neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. and Mason Taylor and the stable of backs. The offensive line is a little bit better than it was last year. Uh, gaining experience by the day and the quarterback to waste that on a defense this bad.
2: Well, let's talk about the integrity of college football. Last thing before we move on, Um, there is a big scandal that is happening right now. Jim Harbaugh, um, someone that said he is trying to get rid of the cheaters in college sports back in 2018. Now he has the fingers pointing his way for a sign stealing scandal. There is a lot of coaches that have chimed in on this, a lot of commentators that have chimed in on this and I wanted to get what Van Lathan thought about this. What are your thoughts on Connor Stallions and this whole sign-stealing sort of scandal, fiasco, whatever you want to call it?
1: This is the kind of thing that's against (laughs) the rules, but I think should actually be rewarded. Okay. Okay? I think that if it could be proven that you sent an analyst or a head coach to another game to watch a whole game to steal signs, I think that's enterprising. Mm -hmm. I say free this man. Mm -hmm. I say free him. You know what I mean? Give them control of the defense or something like that. I, <laughs> right. I say any. There's very few times that cheating comes out that I'm not like super impressed. That's my problem,
2: mm-hmm.
1: bro. You ever see that movie Wind Talkers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know how in Wind Talkers they were like decoding the codes right, and right. all of that stuff. And
2: you're saying you're just gaming the game. Gaming the game. Mm-hmm.
1: The Astros had a whole nother language, bro. Right. They were using acoustics to cheat. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that that's not impressive, <laughs> Tate. If you're going to go to that level, you're banging the right. drum and the whole night. I'm going back <laughs> and listening to the games. I'm like, yo, they got some beats coming from the dugout. No, they're stealing and cheating. Give them more. It's fine. I couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. I-, I know that sign stealing is happening. It's against the rules. Yo, if you want to suspend everybody and fire everybody, that's cool. But if we all collectively decided that we wanted to move on, which we probably should, that would be cool, cool too. I will say this about Jim Harbaugh. He always in the middle of something
2: right always it's never a break it's never like he, yeah it's never
1: easy he he is <laughs> a coaching savant he's so good at it particularly at the college level getting the most out of a program but he's just annoying he's like right like an urban Meyer type yeah you can you can do your thing but you're just always in the middle of something what's gonna happen is what ha- always happens this will be the year that Michigan wins the national championship.
2: Absolutely. That's exactly <laughs> what I think. I think this is the year that they win the national championship, right. and then everyone's talking about Connor Stallions the entire time. Apparently, he wrote a manifesto about how he was going to take over Michigan football that they have now. I mean, a manifesto? A manifesto where he basically plotted out how he was going to become the force of Michigan First football. First of
1: all, I want you guys to think about this. <laughs> this has got to be a made up story, right? This no, I, whole, <laughs> what I'm saying is, this whole thing is made up. This guy's name is Connor Stallions. Right. And he Seems wrote a up. manifest. Right. This, this come on, man.
2: Yeah. This
1: is like a bad. He's somebody's movie. cousin.
2: He's the fall right. guy. Right. He's Like
1: somebody putting him. That's not <laughs> even a real name. Connor Stallions. Right. You know what I mean? Not for that uh, the, the line of work. I could think of another line of work where Connor Stallions might be a name that you could get away with. But like I'm saying, this everybody is acting like college football. The, the most annoying thing about college football to me. Is everyone acts like there's this sanctity, this purity (laughs) of the game that must be upheld at all times. They've been cheating for years. Mm -hmm. They've been paying players for years. Mm -hmm. They've been doing all of this. It's a dog eat dog, rich programs game. Get rid of the guy, do whatever you're going to do, and let's move on and get back to the games, man. Like, I really. Couldn't care less about this story.
2: Yeah, let's get back to ball. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Victor Wimbenyama and Bobby Knight and the new look, Los Angeles Clippers. Do it. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. We are still here with Van Lathan. And, Van, I peppered you with questions about college football, but now let's talk about the NBA. I saw you in the office, what, about a week ago, and uh, we were both kind of uh, trying to gather our thoughts about a man that is taking the NBA by storm. Of course, I'm talking about Victor Wimbanyama, and we talked about he might be the most unhatable new franchise star in the league. We don't know really how to parse through it, so let's start there. What are your initial first impressions of Victor?
1: Every reason to want him to succeed, and it's something very special. (laughs) That's why I've decided to zag.
2: Oh, you're going to zag! Oh my gosh! I love a zag.
1: This is everyone on (laughs) Victor (laughs) Wimbiyama. right? Straight line. He's doing everything. (laughs) This is me. Zag, zag, (laughs) zag. I'm zagging. I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm just a surly old man. Mm -hmm. I'm going Chet Holmgren for the win.
2: Okay. And I will. You're USA basketball guy.
1: I'm. I'm staying home. Yeah. Right. I'm staying home. I'm zagging, and let me tell you what's making me zag. And I want to talk to the NBA. Yeah, please. I want to talk to all of the people out there right now. <laughs> Yo, don't make me don't make me dislike this kid. <laughs> you guys are doing way too much. Mm-hmm. Benyama does a left to right crossover. Oh my god.
2: Kevin Durant, George the league Kervin. has yeah. never
1: seen anything like this before. <laughs> yes, and it started a long time ago. Like mm-hmm. I don't like that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I Wimby is a nice kid. He dressed up as Slender Man. He's in on the joke. All of that stuff is nice. Right. They're making me zag. Just <laughs> let it happen, bro. Yeah. Let it. Ha- oh, we ain't never seen nothing like this. Have you ever seen a guy? No. You know what? I haven't. Uh, every time <laughs> he does something, I've never seen it before. But it's mm. fine. Chet all the way. I'm zagging. I'm gonna get a Spurs jersey, Wimbanyama, and I'm gonna get a Ghostbuster sign around it and put it right through. I'm gonna have fun hating the Spurs again. I've never liked the Spurs, mm. and this is great for me. I get to hate the Spurs again as a Lakers fan.
2: Right down. David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Victor Wimbanyama, yeah. and obviously Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. A Hatable. lot of yeah, a lot of great players. In Bruce between. Bowen. Stephen Jackson,
1: right? Hatable. Oh, uh, Stephen Jackson, my man. Yeah, you like Jack.
2: I, Jack was like a nice change of pace for yeah. that culture. But look, the San Antonio Spurs—they have a guy. He's going to be one of the best. He's going to help Popovich. This would be like if you know Bill Belichick got Caleb Williams or some you know transformational star. You know what I mean? Like that. Would you even say something? Well, like I'm uh, take it back. Take why it. Cut that. Uh, <laughs> what a, what a, why would you even? What I didn't want to happen. speak it into existence. I apologize. Why But at the end of the day, the Spurs right now with Victor Wimbiyama, we have to respect the fact that they're getting covered. But you're just saying, tone it down a little bit. Like, let's give us a break.
1: Actually, let me tell you this. I'm doing the Spurs fans a favor Mm -hmm. right now. The fact that I'm deciding not to like Victor Wimbiyama, that means that he will average 37 points, Mm -hmm. 17 rebounds, five blocks, and 14 assists a game. He's like, it, it... he is going to be a success, and I'm... You're fueling him. I'm fueling him with hate. My hate, right. the people that I don't like, they always do well. Like, guess, I'll give you an example of that. Guess who I hate? Who's that? Alabama. Okay. Has it affected them? No. Exactly. They're doing great. I'm doing the favor of all favors to Spurs fans right now. I'm not getting on the victim Wimby I'm a train. I'm not getting on the Wimby train, but however... That helps you. He will be the greatest of all time.
2: Yeah, the hate can fuel you. And like you know with the Sith, right? The, the hate kind of sees through you and actually gives you power at some level. So He's a very uh,
1: nice kid. I hope he does well. Yeah. <laughs>
2: He's, a very nice kid. He's a very nice kid. And yeah. I like the little young core that they have. You know what I mean? I like Sohan. I, I like There's fun pieces there. Mm-hmm. Pop will be fine. Congratulations to the Spurs. You have a superstar for 15 years. Let's talk about a team that is just trying to find something. They just want to win something. Yeah. The Los Angeles Clippers. Okay. And we are here in Los Angeles. The big trade just happened. James Harden is now in the building. My sources are telling me that those four guys, the core stars, right? Uh, you know, we talked Steve Ballmer talked about star insurance. Now you got four stars, are planning to start. Does it work? Does James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and Zubach, or whoever it may be, does it work? Can it win a championship?
1: It can, but it won't. Mm. It can Very win a championship. Very fair answer. It yes. can, but it won't. When playing healthy and motivated, um, Kawhi Leonard is the single most impressive and unstoppable basketball player in the league to me. Mm -hmm. Everybody always looks at me like I don't know ball when I say that, and maybe I don't. But I don't see guys dominate games in the way that he dominates games. He's just so inconsistent with when he's on the court, right, and when he's feeling great on the court that it's hard to see it sometimes. Him plus PG and Westbrook, with Westbrook like being rejuvenated ever since he took his Lakers jersey off, was already a team that was going to be tough, tough, tough to
2: tough me. out for anybody.
1: I just James Harden would have to show that he he has the ability to fit into a culture that a team has, not disrupt that, play selfless, heady, and serious basketball. And I have nothing against James Harden. I think he's a fantastic, phenomenal player when he was at his height. He's just never done that, especially not as of late. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. But they're the Clippers. So for me to believe that the Clippers have to win, that the Clippers can win a title, I have to be at the parade. Even if they won the title. Right. And it happened on the court. Mm-hmm. I still somehow believe that it didn't really happen. Right. I won't believe. Are we? The,
2: are we in the bubble? Like, what, we, like what, what's what going on? Of, like yeah. something
1: happened. Like some kind of weird multiverse situation. Mm-hmm. I'd have to be at the parade watching everybody get drunk to be like, oh, okay, it finally happened for. Me. I just look. It's not even about the, the the constitution of the team. They have enough talent to get over the hump. Uh, Denver's very tough. They have enough talent to get over the hump, though. I just have to see it proven on the court for some of these guys, particularly George, Westbrook, and Harden.
2: Last thing before I let you go, Van. Bobby Knight, one of the best coaches in college basketball history, just passed away. A lot of reflections, a lot of you know conversations about his impact on basketball. Quickly, your thoughts on Bobby Knight and just kind of how it relates to uh, the culture in general because Bobby Knight is, you know, when you close your eyes, you're like, he's a basketball coach, Bobby Knight, right?
1: He might be the last of the hallowed coaches mm-hmm. of college basketball of that, a bygone era. Of the bygone era, right? right? Of the era where it was Dean Smith, where it Big was— Big John Thompson. Big John Thompson, where mm-hmm. it was Bobby Knight. Look, Bobby Knight certainly had a controversial career at, at Indiana, especially the way that it ended, right? Mm-hmm. And things that happened during the time. He was a lightning rod, very controversial figure. But there was an era of guys who built college basketball into what it is today in terms of tradition, in terms of it, the Final Four being this huge event, in terms of all of that stuff and you cannot deny that Bobby Knight was among those guys. So while you're remembering everything else, maybe you didn't like Bobby Knight politically, maybe you didn't like Bobby Knight and the way he treated his players, but what you have to say is those guys from that era were part of the explosion of college basketball traditionally and commercially, and that's something to be said for the man and his legacy.
2: Yeah, and American basketball at large, He was the first person to say Michael Jordan was the best player in the game in 1984 after the Olympics. Think of that. I mean, right. Who sees that? And then also Steph Curry, when he was getting drafted, he's like, this is the best passer and point guard in the in the class. And everyone yeah. else is like, he's just a scrawny shooter, right? Bob Knight had a great basketball brain, so shout out to him. Uh, rest in peace. Van Lathan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can we find all your amazing work?
1: Ringerverse. Higher learning. <laughs> yes. All over the Ringer. The Rewatchables. Here with Tate. Right. Tate's my guy. <laughs> like, all of that stuff. Just look out for me. Help me in mm-hmm. life. Um, and I'll see you guys again. Thanks, man. No problem.